Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, welcome to Radiant Church. We are so glad that you're with us today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. We're one church in four locations, about to be this upcoming fall, by God's grace, five locations throughout the Tampa Bay area. And we're so glad that you are with us today. And I need everybody to do me a favor. If you're in one of our auditoriums right now, or you are watching online, why don't you take out your phones, share this message right now. We are diving into a series that I think somebody that you have influence in right now, you have, they're going to see it on your page. They're going to see it in your story, and they need to be part of what God's going to do over these next few minutes together. So why don't you share this message on any of our social media platforms, and we would love to hear the stories of lives changed because of your share. And uh, we are uh, regathering back together. This is our very first Sunday on Father's Day. Uh, 2020 of regathering back together after a 14-week break. And so we have gone above and beyond at making sure everything is clean, making sure all of our team are wearing masks and making sure everything is sanitary. So here's what I need, though. We, we always want to do it better. So if you came in and maybe you saw something that we didn't see, maybe you have um, an idea or an opinion or something that, that we will always want to get better, so you can write us, and we take these very serious. I see every one of these emails at info at weareradiant.com. So if there's something you go, Aaron, like, I love it. You guys did great in this, but man, maybe this will help uh, next week make it even better. Let us know. One of our core values is that we pursue excellence as a church, so we want and want to constantly make things better, and so we will do it with your help. So thank you so much for that. All right, take out that app and inside of there are sermon notes. We're in a series that is unique because we're taking some time to go verse by verse, really phrase by phrase through one of the most famous passages in all of the Bible. It's Psalm 23. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to open it up to Psalm 23 because in just a second, we're going to read it together. If you weren't part of the series the last few weeks, first of all, you should watch it online. I think it'll really help you. It'll encourage you. Most of the time when people think of Psalm 23, they think of it as something they hear at a funeral. And that is a shame because Psalm 23 is way more about helping you live than it is helping you once you're dead. So we, we want to help encourage you and really experience life right here and right now. So anytime I study God's word, I'm going to ask myself, I'm going to ask a few questions that are super crucial. One, I'm going to find out who the author is. And Psalms has 150 uh, chapters, 150 different Psalms in it. And all of them, most of them are written by one guy. And if you're taking notes, you can write it down. His name is David. David was a shepherd boy who became king over all of Israel. And you see his story throughout a lot of the Bible. He was, he was in the, the line, the lineage of Jesus. So Jesus came from David's family. It's a big deal. So we see David as the author of Psalm 23. And then we look at the context. So, you know, we always think of David um, writing Psalm 23. So he's sitting there as a little boy watching this sheep. But actually, that's not the case. We realize that this was lit, written later in David's life when he was king. He actually had a, a coup try to happen in his kingdom where his son abandoned him, uh, kind of tried to take over the kingdom. His son's name was Absalom. And so as Absalom goes to take over the kingdom, David runs for his life. And as he's in a season of rejection and worry and, and just craziness, he pins Psalm 23. 
so you can write it in your notes right now. It's, the context is a season filled with anxiety and unknown. Sounds like 2020, doesn't it? Like, remember when you walked into this year? It's going to be our best year yet. 2020 vision. We're going to take the hill. And there was other plans, wasn't it? I saw a couple of these memes. I thought they were pretty funny when you're describing this year. How about this one? Rule number one, never set into 2020. That is a good one right there. I thought, thought this one was pretty funny too. Uh, if 2020 were a slide, that's hilarious right there. So if you feel like you're in a season of unknown, of anxiety, then Psalm 23 is for you. That is why we're doing this series this summer, and we're going to go phrase by phrase. So what does it do for us? Psalm 23, write it down in your notes. The purpose is this. It positions us to have strength in the midst of struggle. So if your marriage is struggling, Psalm 23 is for you. If your finances are struggling, Psalm 23 for you. If you're having worry and anxiety, Psalm 23 is for you. If your business, you don't know how it's going to be, uh, make it through this time, Psalm 23 is for you. If you're sick in your body, Psalm 23 is for you. If you're, you're battling uh, just, just anger and, and issues in your life, Psalm 23 is for you. So let's read it together. Let's read it out loud at every location in every home. We're reading it out of the NIV during this series, and let's say it together. Ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. All right, now pause for just a second. I have preached for 14 weeks without anybody in the audience. <laughs> so I have expected for many, many weeks, when I say read this out loud, I realize I'm the only one reading it out loud. But now I have 252 of you guys, and I know how many, because I did the registrations and saw exactly how many of you guys registered to sit in the South Tampa location. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to say it out loud with me at every location. Let's make it, and I know it's before, I mean, like you got a mask, it's like, rah, 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 rah. but at least I'll hear that, okay? All right, ready? The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can I hear a big? Amen. amen, amen. Psalm 23, this is the idea that David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And for the rest of the psalm, he describes the role of the shepherd in our life. We talked last week about how the shepherd gives us rest. And whatever kind of busyness or, or exhaustion you have in your life right now, you can experience rest. And then he goes on in the next verse, verse 2, and he says this statement that doesn't make a lot of sense, but we're going to break it down today. He says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, this is an important phrase because we got our guy sheep. We got our, our peep the sheep is back with us again this week. We're excited to have you here. And there's something you don't know about sheep. Sheep are made up of about 70% water. And sheep are very thirsty animals. Okay, so they drink a lot of water. Every day, the average sheep, where's my water? All right, the average sheep drinks about not one gallon, not two gallons. 
Not three gallons, people. I need you to move over here. There you go. All right. Not four gallons. The average sheep every day drinks about five gallons of water. And you can't even get in your eight glasses. All right. So, so that's another lesson for another day. You need to be a little healthier. But so, so we got five gallons of water a day. The average sheep drinks. A majority of their day is spent finding and drinking water. They are thirsty animals. Now, this is a big deal because I showed you guys where the sheep that David would have raised is in a, a desert called the Negev Desert. And if you look at it, you'll realize there's a, a lot of rocks, there's a lot of hills, but there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of water around that place. So when he says, the Lord leads me beside still waters, he's making a bold statement saying, listen, I know the needs that a normal sheep have, and you're not going to find the answer in what you think is going to happen. There's going to be another answer that's going to come from you understanding who your shepherd is. So I titled this message this way. It's simply called The Thirst Quencher. Now, I understand that uh, Gatorade might have a trademark on this phrase. So please don't sue us, Gatorade. But this is the idea that, that, you know what, we all have cravings. We all have desires in our life. And we're all trying to find the answer somewhere. I want to present it to you today that the shepherd, the good shepherd, will satisfy whatever needs are in your life today. I went on a missions trip when I was about 13 years old, um, not to really um, spread the gospel around the world because I was a crazy kid back then, but I went because I liked to travel and I knew there would be a bunch of girls on the trip and it'd be awesome. So I uh, went to El Salvador and I went down there to hang out and we, we stayed at an orphanage and I remember um, spending the day in the heat and the summer of... Um, of El Salvador. And so we went out with the kids and we started playing some games and they always wanted to play soccer or what they called football. And so I, I was like, hey, I don't know. I'm not good at that. I said, but let's play some basketball. And so I introduced them to basketball and I'm not good at basketball, but I'm tall. So I remember just sitting there just like blocking them and like slamming it down. They're like, you just taught these little kids how to play. Like it's not okay. So I remember playing in the heat and I was exhausted. I remember just getting like drenched and I didn't have any water. And I'll never forget the lady, this, this uh, little uh, Hispanic lady that was running the orphanage. She comes out in broken English and she says, hey, I've made you guys some good American lemonade. Come on, there's nothing better on a hot summer day as some good ice cold lemonade. Come on, I know you're thinking of it right now. The sun is scorching it's hot, and she comes out with this lemonade. I'm all excited. I'm ready to go. I run up there, and she goes, and she goes to pour it, and the first thing I notice is that it's not cold. Well, that, you know, that's not the best way to drink lemonade, so I was like, it's okay. It's, it's just, it, it at, least, it'll, it's, at least it's a liquid that I can drink while I'm hot, and I remember I go to take a sip of the lemonade, and bless her heart, she made it for us, but instead of using sugar, she put salt in the lemonade. I remember drinking it. Listen, I have a pr pretty bad memory. I will never forget that drink right there going in my, in my, like you're sitting there. And then when you're on a mission trip, it's like the rule. What is it? You have to get, drink or eat whatever they put in, your, in front of you. So I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm trying to feed it to the dog. The dog doesn't even want it. It's just bad. So what is it? It's something you thought would satisfy you actually made you more dissatisfied than where you were before. 
Welcome to what the world has to offer your life today. The things that you think would satisfy you, money and fame and people and relationships and and all the things the world has to offer. The Bible says there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, guess what? It leads to death. You're actually worse off after than you were even before. The world cannot satisfy. And that's why David addresses it in our passage where he says, listen, our shepherd, he leads me beside quiet waters. The thirst in your life, and our world is thirsty in more ways than one, if you know what I mean. Like, it's thirsty. And here's the fact, the world is craving something and you are craving in your life something that is real and something that is satisfied. And if you want to experience it, you need to understand the Lord as our shepherd that'll lead you into that place of satisfaction. Let me say it this way, something is leading your life. Something's leading your life. Notice he says, the Lord is my who leads me beside quiet waters. You have to be, you're being led by something. Some of you are being led by by cravings. There's some cravings inside of you. And what do they do? They lead you, 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 they lead how you work, how you act, they lead what you do at night. You have cravings in your soul. And the problem with it is when you're led by your flesh, you're being you're being led by things that eventually, if it takes you to your ult, to the ultimate destination that it has for you, it'll end up killing your life. Be very careful that you go, that you're led by those cravings in your soul. They will kill you. She's, that, 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 that relationship's not worth it. That website's not worth it. That, 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 you know, skimming off the top's not worth it. That drug's not worth it. That alcohol's not worth it. I'm telling you, here's the deal with our cravings. They're either going to lead you or you crucify them. One of the two. And, and I'm going to challenge you, crucify those cravings because they, they want to be in control of your life and they'll never bring you to the outcome you want. Things are leading your life. Many people are being led by culture. Culture is leading our life. They tell you to do something. They tell you something's okay. They say everybody's doing it. Be, I, I'm always very cautious when I'm along with what everybody else thinks is okay. Let me just be very, very bold and say, when the majority says it's right, it's probably wrong. Can I just be honest with you? When everybody's on the same page, well, I'm glad we all are on the same page on this issue. A majority of the time it's wrong because listen, very, very rare throughout history has culture ever lined up with what God has said is right. You just gotta make sure, man, I'm, I'm going with what God says. And I know it might be faddish and I know it might be cool right now, but I'm just making sure I'm not led by them. I'm led by what God says. And a lot of you guys are led by your crew. You're led just by, man, my friends are doing it. I've just, I've got these people in my life. Be very careful the people you allow to influence your life. Everybody's being led by something. Some of you guys are sheep and you keep making bad decisions, bad decisions. I didn't want to play off the bad, but you got the idea, like (laughs) bad decisions. And it's because you've just surrounded yourself with some dumb sheep in your life that you keep listening to them. But remember, you are always the outcome of the five closest people in your life. So I'm going to evaluate them often going, man, am I getting, do I really want to turn out like these guys? I'm making sure I'm not being led by my crew. Jeremiah says it this way when it comes to, to, to God speaking about the things leading us. He says, my people have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns. 
broken cisterns that cannot hold water. There's things that are leading your life and you go, I don't know why I'm so unsatisfied. It's because you're being led by cravings. You're being led by culture. You're being led by a crew. And today I want to challenge you. Let your life be led by Christ, our good shepherd who wants to lead you to breakthrough, to greatness. He wants to lead your life, but you've got to make a decision. Am I going to find my satisfaction in being led by God or I'm going to do it myself? St. Augustine, the great, uh, the great uh, theologian said it this way. He says, oh God, thou hast made us for thyself and our souls are restless searching till they find their rest in thee. Until you find that satisfaction in God, you'll never experience all that God has for your life. John Piper says it this way, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. My goal for the whole message today is people who find themselves so unsatisfied in life to find their satisfaction, their fulfillment in God. Here's what David says in another Psalms. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. There's so many people that go, well, Aaron, I, I, I know you say that God will satisfy you. I know you say that he's the answer. But being a Christian just looks so boring. It looks so dry. You don't know the Jesus that I know. You don't know the adventure that it is following God. You don't know the, the roller coaster of excitement that it is to know God and be known by him. You haven't experienced anything till you found your satisfaction in our God. He's a good God and he wants to lead you. So I told you I'm going to give you way too many lessons on what it means to be a sheep because you're the sheep in the passage. And over 200 times throughout the Bible, God compares us to sheep. So how does a sheep in a desert, find one to five gallons of water every single day. He does it through three different ways, and uh, this is just lots of information for you to learn, but y'all want to be challenged? Here it is, all right? He finds it from dew on the ground every single morning. He finds it from streams, and then he finds it from wells. Three different things that I want you to get. So they're dew on the ground, streams, or wells, and sheep find their water. They get their water. The shepherd leads them to these three things. These are the three types of still waters. Now, many of you guys, when you were like me, you grew up in church and you had the little felt board and you thought the still waters were like the little pond and they're all like just like laying back and drinking water together. That, that's the streams. That's one of three kind of, of, of still waters. So let me lead you through what it means to be satisfied in God through three different things. So first of all, we got the dew on the ground. The dew on the ground, a shepherd would wake up every morning, and the first thing a shepherd would do is a shepherd would go and find the pasture that he could find the most moisture on the ground. So he would go and he would take, he'd get his sheep and he'd wake him up, hey, time to get up. And the first thing that they would do is he'd go, okay, we gotta go over to this little pasture because there's, there's dew on the ground that you're gonna be able to get. And a majority of the water that a sheep drank every day, most of their nourishment came from that morning time dew on the ground. So here's what I found in my life. Here's what the dew stands for. It's that I am satisfied when I daily spend time in God's word. When the first thing I do every morning is I'm led by my shepherd to say, God, what are you feeding me today, this morning? What are you putting into my life this morning? I don't know about you, but I'm not a fan of dieting. I don't like to diet. I have before. Um, I, when I started the church, about six months after I started the church, I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. 
So I remember watching a, a video of me preaching and going, man, I have let myself go. So um, I was like, and if I think that, I'm sure they think that. So I said, I got to do something. So I went on a diet and I lost the weight. And I don't know if you like healthy food. I don't. And so it was not fun to me. Now, I know there's somebody watching. They're going to write that info at weareradiant.com and go, I can't believe you said that about healthy food. But let's be honest. It's not as good as regular food. Can, I be, can we just be honest with each other? Like, if you could have, like, a Five Guys real loaded cheeseburger or a kale salad with a little piece of salmon on it, <laughs> let's be real. That's right. I know what answer you're supposed to say, but... The truth is, one of the moments I'm going to have with God, there's about four questions I'm going to ask when I get to heaven that I've just, I just need answered. And one of them is, why did you make healthy food taste so terrible and bad food taste so stinking good? This, isn't that the truth? Like, I just, I, I, it just frustrates me. And I know there's somebody like, oh, well, you haven't tasted the healthy food I've had. Yes, I have. <laughs> Pizza is better. <laughs> Side note. Anyway, all right, so... But, but here's the thing. When you load up on junk food, here's what it is. It feels really, really good until you're done eating it. You know what I mean? And then as soon as you're done eating it, what do you do? You're like, oh, I feel terrible. I can't believe, like, you're laying on the couch. You're, you're not even enjoying food because you're like, oh, I overdid it. Oh, man, tomorrow, diet starting. To, kale with salmon tomorrow. You're, you're like, you're ready to go. And then you don't do it. But you got the idea. Why? Because there's things that satisfy in the moment, but you actually leave worse off afterwards. That is a lot of your mornings. You wake up, and instead of feeding yourself with God's word, with worship, with prayer, you go, oh, but it's just, I don't know if that's going to satisfy me. You're feeding yourself with Instagram, and the news, and Facebook, and all these random things, and you're going, oh, this is so fun. Oh, this is so exciting. And then afterwards, you feel so gross because you fed your spirit with something that'll never be able to satisfy it. That is why when you wake up in the morning, we, we have to get this craving for more of God. Matthew says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And here's the promise. They will be filled, that word filled right there, satisfied. I don't know what your morning routine is, but if you want to experience the satisfaction of knowing God, wake up every day and start your day with God. It changes everything. Get the nutrition that you need from being with God in the morning. It's the dew in the morning. It's the, the moments that you get with him. I love how David says it this way, Psalm 42. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? That's the kind of craving that I think Radiant Church should have every single day. It's not a Sunday thing. It's a Tuesday thing, a Thursday thing. It's we wake up and we go, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get in God's word because there's, there's satisfaction and nutrition that God has. So here's my challenge. You're starting the summer right now. My challenge for you this summer is get on a Bible reading plan this summer. 
And if you're not on one, get on one that'll go through the Gospels over the next two months and learn about your good shepherd. And I want to hear about it online. I want you posting about it. Spend time every day. And here's what I've, it's a motto I live by. It's that I read God's word daily because my soul needs daily nourishment. I'll say it again. My, my soul needs daily nourishment. In the same way I eat physically daily because my body needs daily nourishment, your soul needs it also. And your soul is not being fed by what they're feeding you online or what on social media you're getting or what you're seeing on Instagram. That doesn't feed your soul. God's word feeds our soul. And if we can do anything this summer, Radiant Church, is we need to be craving God's word in the morning. It'll feed your soul. I tell people often, I say, every single meal that I eat is important, but not every single meal I eat is memorable. Let me just say it this way. All right, so uh, I don't remember what I ate yesterday for lunch. Like, I'm trying to think of it right now. Sure, it was awesome. It, it, it wasn't memorable, but it was essential. Like, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing on the stage with energy because I ate something yesterday for lunch. But I don't remember. It, it didn't, like, change my life. And I think a lot of you guys, you miss out on your quiet times with God because you go, well, it just didn't change my whole life. You have no clue what it's doing to your soul when you read it. But I'll tell you, three months ago, before the pandemic started, I, uh, I had a gift card, and Katie and I went on date night, and we went to Charlie's Steakhouse. <sighs> Big old steak. I'm telling you, like, like clogs, arteries type steaks. Like, it was good. We had dessert. We had appetizer. We had dessert. It was all on gift card. Just handed it over. It was awesome. Like, we were all excited. That meal, that's a life-changing meal right there. But let me just say, just because it was life-changing doesn't mean it was any less essential than the one I had yesterday that I don't remember. So it's the same with your devotional life. Don't think that it has to be extraordinary for it to be essential. It, like, it doesn't have to be extraordinary. It's still essential. Still eat every single day. And you go, well, I don't know if I'm getting anything out of it. You might not be, but your soul is. And it's being nourished and it's growing and you're going to get stronger because of it. Get that daily food. Can you hear a better amen than that? All right, all right. Then we got our streams. This is what most people think of when they think of the sheep. All right, this is like, hey, once in a while. This isn't often because remember our desert, it's, they're not everywhere. But once in a while, normally every week or two, what will happen is, isn't this crazy? A shepherd will go, hey, listen, you've been, you've been eating by yourself. It's really important. You've been doing really good. Here's what we're going to do, Pete. We're going to go with all your friends. We're going to get together, and we're going to go to the stream together. Now, the stream together is you're going to get a lot more food than you would normally get on your own. But it doesn't replace your daily eating on your own. But you need to gather with your friends, and you need to go to the stream so you can get extra filled up. And so they walk over, and they get to these streams. Here's what the stream is, ready? The stream is that I am satisfied when I regularly worshiping in community. So, uh, so I made it a point to say, you know what? I got that I'm daily eating. I'm daily getting nutrition. But I'm having those moments where I gather together with God's people, and I don't forsake the gathering of God's people, and I'm going to get together, and I'm going to get new nutrients, and I'm going to get filled up, and I'm going to experience God's presence. You need those moments in your life. Acts 2 says it like this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. They, they made it a point that they were going to get connected with 
the local church and community. And here's what I believe is so important. The local church is God's strategy for community in your life. You need it. You need it. You need this connection and you need to be together. And, and I know, listen, I'm just speaking it out of love. I love online. I love technology. Our team has done an incredible job at presenting this. And if you're high risk and you have issues where you, you're, you cannot be around people, man, stay home, experience it. But let me speak to a lot of people at Radiant Church. You need to prioritize the gathering of God's people together again. And I know it's, this is controversial. I know it is. But you go, well, Aaron, it might not be safe. I say this because everybody's evaluating every single thing people say. So I'm going to be very careful with this. You find a time through, God, through church history where it was safe and it was comfortable for God's people to gather. And you'll see where the church declined. We are never called to live in safety and in comfort. We are called to be the church of Jesus Christ. No matter what obstacle, no matter what barrier, by life or by death, if they're going to behead us, we're still going to church. Like, we're making it a point. So I just say that, and I'll look. And if you're high risk, you need to stay home. <laughs> Wear a mask. Do whatever. But I'm just saying this. That our church, Radiant Church will never be the safe church. Now, I, I know I put that as the four things. We're safe. I get it. And you know what I meant. We're, we're safe. But I'm just saying this. Like, we're going to take risk. We're going to do whatever it, it takes. And I'm telling you, it is normally during seasons of persecution and hardship and where it, it costs us something, that's where the church is going to grow. And that's the place we're going to grow. And that's where the season we're in. So you know what? Over the next couple of months, it might cost you some friends. It might cost you a little bit. You might be walking in church for the first time. It was always comfortable. It was always cool. Give me a coffee. Let's hang out. And now you're sitting there with a little mask on and you're walking in going, I don't want to be around people because I don't want to be sick. But, but I'm prioritizing the gathering of God's people together because Christ loved the church. I'm going to love the church and I'm going to be there with it. So let's make it a point to prioritize, prioritize the gathering of God's people. Christ loved the church, Ephesians said, and he gave himself for, for her. And you know what happens? Matthew says it this way. When two or three gather together in my name, he's in the midst of it. So there, there's something that happened in all of our locations. That I, I love online church, and I believe God can do it. But there's something that happened in, in all of our locations during that one little worship song. That one little moment where God's presence was in the room. We, we, I know, I felt it in this one. And I'm telling you, it'll happen. Prioritize Amen. gathering of God's people. It's the streams, all right? And here's what God's promise is. When you're planted in the house of God, when you're getting together, when you're by those streams, guess what? You're going to flourish. Amen. You're going to experience it in your life. All right, let me close with this. I'm over on time. I haven't preached in front of people in a while, so I'm all excited, you know? <laughs> this last one I thought was just pretty cool. That the last place that a sheep will get the satisfaction of getting the thirst met in their life is from deep wells. Now, I don't know about you. I've never dug a well. That's not like something I do. It's not something I've, I know about. But I'll tell you, in that part of the world, wells are incredibly important. And here's what wells are. Wells are not natural. So you don't just show up and there's like a well there. Like, no, a well is always birthed out of the fact that there's a famine, there's drought, there's lack, and a good shepherd says, okay, in a season of lack and famine and, and struggle, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down deep, deep, deep. 
And I'm going to find something that will satisfy them. And that's where wells are birthed out of. When I look at wells in my life, you know, you have your daily satisfaction of being in God's word. You have your regular satisfaction of getting together with God's people and worshiping. But once in a while, and maybe this is every few months, maybe this is once a year, maybe this is once every three or four years for you, I find the deep wells of satisfaction from God, and here's what they look like. It's I find that satisfaction when I find God working through dark and difficult seasons. That's what the wells are. You wanna know where the deep work is at? It's when it feels dry, it's lacking, and it's when you press into God in those moments and you find out that a good shepherd will always satisfy you in a way that nothing else can satisfy when you are experiencing him working through those dark, difficult struggles in your life. And you're gonna have those moments and some of you are having them right now. And Jesus would encourage you today and he says, I told you these things so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you're gonna have many trials and many sorrows, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I love this, you know what that means, overcome the world? The normal outcome of the difficult time for everybody else is not the normal outcome for God's people. Let me say it again. The normal outcome for everybody else, it might take them out. It's not gonna take you out. It's gonna make you stronger than you were before. It's over, he's overcoming. So you know what he said? He said, listen, you're gonna have trials, but I've overcome the consequences of those trials in your life. That's why Romans says it this way. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for the good, for those who are called according to his purposes. So here's the last point, ready? As believers, when you're going through deep, dark times, here's what that satisfaction is, ready? It's that as believers, we don't simply go through hard times, we grow through hard times. We find that satisfaction, that nourishment, that thirst that is longing in our heart is satisfied because we know it might be difficult right now, but our God is working it together for our good. Can we give him a little bit of praise, a little bit of worship for the God that's working it all together for our good. Lord, we come to you right now and we thank you for the, the deep wells of satisfaction that we have experienced over these last three months. Lord, it's a dry season. It's a difficult season, but we find our nutrients. We find our nourishment. Our thirst is resolved in knowing you and being fed by you. So we look to you. Come on, let's take two minutes, Radiant. Let's look to Jesus. Come on, stand your feet and let's find our satisfaction in him. God, you are turning around for our good. You are working on our behalf. And we're not simply going through it, we're growing through it because you are a good shepherd that leads us beside still waters. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's sing it out one more time.
just a second. Close your eyes. And just have one moment. Say, God, let me find my satisfaction in you. Every day, spending time in your word. Come on, make that decision right now. Say, God, every day I want to spend time with you. I want to find my nutrients, my nourishment from your word. Some of you, it's been very difficult to enjoy God's word. Lord, I pray that you would help them over this summer. It'd be a summer that they don't just go through, but they grow through. For those that have forsaken, they just said, I'm, I'm kind of giving up on church. Lord, give them a fresh desire to gather by streams of living water. Lord, where they would gather with God's people, get connected in community. And Lord, those who are in difficult seasons, let them find those wells that you're working deep in their life. Lord, that you're feeding them through this dark and difficult season. Lord, I know I get so much satisfaction in looking back knowing that you worked it together for your good. Do it over them. With every eye closed and every head bowed, if you don't know Jesus, today's your day. Today's your day to have Jesus as your shepherd. You go, Aaron, I've been doing life my own way. I've been, I've been following God. My, I've been, I've been kind of doing my own thing and trying to follow God, trying to do my life. But, but today's your day to go all in with God. If that's you today, I want you to make a simple yet significant decision to say, I'm inviting Jesus into my life. I want him to change my life, change my heart. I want him to change everything about me. I'm, I'm going to ask him to forgive me of my sins. And I'm going to turn directions from going my way. I'm going to turn to go God's way. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Why don't we all pray to every location out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, today I make a decision to make you my shepherd. I want to follow you. Forgive my past, my present, and my future. For the rest of my life, I'm going to serve you. Thank you for going to the cross for me so that I can live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate with those who just made the best decision of their life? Big deal. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.